Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Chicken says, <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene compared wearing a mask in the House of Representatives to the Holocaust, which means I have more brains than she does, and I haven't got any because I'm a rubber chicken. <laughs> oh, that's just terrific. That is a terrific way to put things into perspective, and I'd love to spend some time discussing that, but we've got to get on with Lewis Black's Rantcast, number 43, entitled The United States of Sisyphus. Yes, Siri, Bob, I'd like to rename it, uh, our country, not the United States of America, but the United States of Sisyphus, is once again, we prove to ourselves and the world that... Uh, there are so many things that we get so close to getting done as a people. Yes, we get them almost to where they should be, almost to the top, just, just, like, uh, just like Sisyphus. Yes, we roll that rock up there, and just before it gets to the top, oh, we tire it out, and it rolls back down the hill, and God in heaven, it's continuous, and it's tiresome, and I'm just about sick of it, and I cannot believe that we have to go through this shit over and over and over again to, to deal with the, the rights of folks to be able to vote without any nonsense standing between them and a voting booth, and that somehow that you've got to come up with a variety of bullshit in every other country on earth, for, for fuck's sake, does everything that they can to ensure the fact that somebody is able to vote except for us. Well, we're going to have to check out whether, you know, uh-uh, okay? Make it simple. All right. 
I'm sick of it. And we got to fight this over and over and over again. And then they come up with a whole set of rules. And then we got to go back to the court. And the amount of money that we waste having this discussion again and again and again. And once again, the Supreme Court is going to discuss the woman's right to choose. Well, we had that almost at the top of the hill. Well, we certainly did. Now we're going to have to discuss that again. And the, and, the, and the good folks in the state of Texas who really can't rumble enough when it comes to, boy, oh, boy, we've got our own way of working down there. Well, why don't you become your own country, okay, and then set up some borders so you can have what we can kind of deal with that and come up with your own currency and whatever it else you want to do. Because, good God, you've got out every angle, every way in which a woman has a right to choose, okay? All right? It's her. Get out of her her uterus, okay? Enough is f- f- fucking enough, all righty? I mean, I'm sick. I'm just tired of it. It's, you know, it's, it, 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 and guns, all right? You know, almost we had, we're trying, we had a way in which we kind of dealt with it for a while, and then, then well, no, you can't, and then now we each time we're trying to push it up again, and we can't even get it, we can't even get that up, we can't even get it to the, to the mountain to push it up the mountain. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm making no sense. There's a real possibility I'm not. I've, I've been, I've been, it's you know, I, you, you, you know, I've got to kind of do this in the midst of, of trying to get my brain back on a vacation while looking at this really magnificent pond. I'm so lucky to be able to be able to do this kind of thing, and 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 I get so angry with the fact that in the midst of all of this, this stuff just continues to to to, to come down on us. I I, I, I so admire the people who are able to, to continue the good fight over and over and over again, that once they almost get these things to the top of the hill, once they almost get them to the top of the mountain, once almost it is almost done and it comes right back down again, that they are able to walk back down and pick that rock and that stone and that whatever, that, that, that boulder, and as it, push it back up again. I, I, it, it overwhelms me. It really does. Um, I'm, for me, it's trying to come up with just the, the jokes for this. And, uh, and I hope when I hit the road again that I have them. Because, uh, you know, I mean, you, you write the joke and you kind of rewrite the joke. You kind of rewrite the joke. And you hope that it'll, you know, that this time you'll, you'll nail it. And that'll be the last time you have to tell the joke. Because, by God that we won't be the United States of Sisyphus anymore. We will be the United States of America. Oh, boy. It just is too much. Way, way too much. What a week. It's just endless nonsense. Endless. Maybe that is the reason, uh, really, that the folks like the former leader, because it was such a distraction from the actual work that had to be done for things that we needed to do as a people, you know, that it, it just allowed for, you know, because now it's, oh, no, we got to figure this out again. Well, the fact is, is that once again, you know, you know, we've got to you sit there and watch. You're going to you're going to debate whether there should be infrastructure, you know, huh? What do you want? Just tell us what you want, Republicans, other than and these are the the congressional Republicans, the, the, those in the House and in the Senate, what is it you want? Just tell us so we can start working on something, okay? And I'm, I'm, and I'm certainly not putting myself 
you know, except for the Democrats at least kind of saying, because I, I believe in infrastructure. I travel all over the country. I've been through this before. The roads suck. I can see where, uh, you know, the, 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 the rust on the bridges. It, I, you, can, you can see it. You got to be deaf, dumb, and blind not to. When I'm sitting down here, I'm literally uploading, trying to upload something for the good folks, uh, Todd and Tyler, who are, who are, I will say, being inducted into the uh, Omaha Broadcasters Hall of Fame. And I did a little thing for them, and I'm trying to upload it down here in, uh, in my undisclosed, uh, uh, you know, place in, in, in that I'm, I'm, I'm staying in North Carolina, and. Uh, the uh, and, and well, how does you know really what does Wi-Fi have to do with things? It's the other highway. It's the information highway. What century do fuckers live in to not know that this has got to be done, and that we've got to pay for it, and that somehow it's got to be it, we have to give as many folks access to it as humanly possible? Because you know how long it's taken to upload, literally. It's taking two hours. It's two hours. And I spent last night, I put it, I said, okay, let's upload it. And it, it, it was supposed to take three hours. And when I got up, an error had occurred. And why, why did an error occur? Because, oh, the Wi-Fi got tired. The Wi-Fi down here, the Pony Express is fucking faster. Okay? Grow the fuck up. All right? You're elected for a reason. And the reason is to figure this shit out. And it doesn't help at all to let the Democrats one run wild. And it doesn't help at all to, to not sit down and figure out what is necessary in order to do what needs to be done for our country to be able to function at least, at, you know, 20 percent of, of, of its potential. Because literally, as far as I'm concerned, you know, it's you, you, <laughs> you fuckers. It's literally between the, the Congress of this country for the past 30 fucking years. It's all I've watched is you guys basically make it impossible for us to go to really to use our potential. It's, it's just awful. And you can't come up with a January 6th, you know, commission. That's that's nonpartisan, really. You know, you can't pick six and six and do it. And 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 you you, you really you just you have no interest in trying to figure out what the fuck happened, and how to protect the capital. And is it, do you know realize that that means that there are a lot of people who are not going to visit the capital anymore? Is that your aim, assholes? Figure it the fuck out. Sit down and do the goddamn work that needs to be done. Okay, you know you can have a separate commission for whatever you think the violence was. You know, if you if you, if you believe that there's a major kind of antifa violence thing, have your have a separate commission for that. But this needs a, a bipartisan commission. For fuck's sake, you know, hire the rubber chicken. The rubber chicken has no party affiliation and no brains. It'll be perfect. The rubber chicken will be perfect to run that to to run that one. The, the, the January 6th commission. How do you not do that? How do you prevent that? Seriously. Huh? And, and I, you know, I and don't, you know, but, but can put conjecture aside with Kevin McCarthy. 
Sure, they, he had this discussion with the president, but that's that's not the reason you 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 uh, you you know you kind of go. Oh, we have to do it because of that. No, you have to do it because it's fucking important for the rest of us to find out what the fuck happened. I don't care if you give a shit about what happened. We do. And 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 what do the American people agree on? That we agree on infrastructure. Just do it. Do the job that's got to be done. Seriously. By the way, a, a correction, Andrew Clyde, uh, that uh, was talking about the fact that I thought he was in his office door. No, he was He was actually, he said, the one who said that it really was just like having tourists come in. He's he's standing there with, with a bunch of other folks trying to hold the door uh one of the doors that lead into the Congress, he's, he's sitting there holding that door from the tourists who were coming in. He's trying to make sure they, that the tourists can't get in. And then there's another flash of him with a, a look of complete panic on his face, as if he poo-pooed his pants. I mean, come on. Then, I mean, you know, it's video, folks. We see the stuff. He said the stuff. It's what makes it tough when you kind of go, well, you know, the leader didn't say that. Yeah, the leader said it. Yeah, that was what was said. That was what was done. That was what we heard. Yeah, we heard it because it was said. Stop trying to create alternative realities when it's already on fucking film. Do I seem a little irritated? Yes. You know, you try to spend that little last week of trying to get, you know, basically with a, with a, a dustpan and a broom trying to take the last few bits of the dust that is of my, that is my brain and get it into the dustpan so I can pour it back in my skull. And then it's like, uh, and then I turn the TV on and catch a few things of my phone and, and it, all of a sudden that dust is blown on the floor again. I think I'm losing my mind again. Then a hedge fund, the Alden Hedge Fund, purchased the uh, Chicago Tribune this week. And and a bunch of other papers, the New York Daily News came along with that. And the the Baltimore Sun, which I believe uh, H.L. Mencken wrote for, and my mother receives uh, each week, in which I've had some, some very nice things written about me. And there's some wonderful writing that has come out of that paper over the years. But now it's owned by a hedge fund. And, 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 um, and if anybody knows anything about it, journalism, it's a hedge fund. Because their major concern is really uh, that Americans get all the information that they can possibly get. And uh, it be written with clarity and um, with as much objectivity as possible. Fucking unbelievable, a hedge fund buying a whole bunch of newspapers and then saying, well, we're going to do the best. No, you're not. You know, you're not. Please. You're going to do what's best for your hedge fund, which is make fucking money. And you're going to cut, folks, which is, it is what has happened before. And we've watched, it, we've watched this story over and over again. And you're going to cut the amount of people on staff. It happened at the Denver Post. I, it's, it, you know, seriously. Cut staff. Cut the costs, make it profit making. There's no reason for our newspapers to be profit making. Okay, 
What's important is, is for our newspapers to get us information, the clearest information that is possible, as close to the facts as possible, as close as they might stumble onto the truth as possible. In, or that they give us that present both sides, the left and, and or the, the conservative and the, I hate left and right, fuck that, the, the uh, conservative and the liberal points of view um, to inform us not to, not to line our pockets. There are plenty of ways to do that, okay? Buy your fucking post toasties, okay? You fucking hedge funders, buy post toasties. Make that more profitable. You know, throw in a lot more sugar and whatever the hell else you do, but don't throw sugar into the newspaper. Okay. And once again, something that made no sense. Why? Because I kind of plowing on through today because I've got one more day before I hit the road, head back to tomorrow and uh, I'll see my mom along the way as I go on back to New York City. Wide open now, wide open in the great experiment. Yeah, everything's worked out. We just found out Thursday and now we're going to do it. We, we're not really sure about the mass thing because uh, we didn't, don't have all the proper information yet. But by God, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, if we expose all sorts of people, you know, and not, it's really, you know, we'll see if it worked. There was a ton of people at the, the Brooklyn Mets game that I watched on the TV the other night. And we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. I don't know when uh, Phil Mickelson won last yesterday at the uh, PGA and it was, uh, was it a super spreader event or is everything going to be okay now? Is there enough people vaccinated, enough people had COVID that it's all going to work out? And congratulations to you, Rand Paul, for being smart enough that you had COVID so you'll never get sick again. Yeah, and who gave you your doctor degree? You fucking leaveable. It's just a constant litany of nonsense and hoo-ha. And it's like a, a bad parade. And then you, you toss in the world. I just you wake up this morning and they bring down a, a, a over Belarus. This guy, you know, he's a, he's been this 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 strong man, as they call him, strong man. What, is it, what, he, what he can what he lifts weights. Bullshit. That idiot. I think he's got a dog statue. There's a statue there of his dog. If I remember correctly, I saw that on something. They did a big uh, testimonial thing out there, parade and everything, to his fucking dog. That's a, and that's not a nut. That means he runs a country. Wow, you know. But we, you know, why not? Why the fuck not? When we're the leader of the free world, why wouldn't someone go? Okay, you're the leader of the free world. I'll show you what how how free a, a, a nut job can be, and and. Uh, and he brings down a plane to take a dissident off. Let's see what we do about that. Belarus. I don't know if I can find it on a map. I don't know if any Americans can find it on a map. I don't know if many Americans can find Montana on a map. There's a, a ceasefire. Oh, joy. Uh, in uh, the Mideast. In that um, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict which uh, I could go on about for probably uh, uh, give you my interpretation of it, but I, I can give you, I've certainly learned a lot of the history of it, but who knows how, how straight that was considering I was in Sunday school. It was pretty, I think it was pretty clear. And I've read a lot on my own about the establishment of the state 
And my grandfather had, had gone there for, uh, his family was there for a year. Uh, his, and uh, they settled there because my great-grandfather wanted to die there. I asked my grandfather about, about it at the time. What did you think of Palestine? And uh, which is, I think, what the area was called. And he, he didn't like it. <laughs> he, he was not happy. He, he thought it was he. He thought it was kind of a hellish landscape. The landscape. Uh, I don't. I don't think desert agreed with him. <laughs> having, having, and he's coming from a place where they're running around, you know, chasing Jews down. For me, I don't have enough information to discuss it, and I don't. I'm, I'm not going to spend the week studying this war. Uh, it was not what I was going to do with this time that I had. But I, I did because of my, my, a friend of mine who was there, and I have, uh, and, and, and kind of knowing that I've never been a fan of uh, Netanyahu, who, who I thought was kind of uh, like the former leader of our country, just, uh, you know, power was more important than people, his power. And it made me wonder, was, was this war between really uh, him staying in power? Is that because it seemed to come out of something? It was like, we're going to throw these people out. Uh, and it, it seemed to be because he's, it's, he's got a tenuous hold. It's, they've, they've got the government in Israel is, is kind of not, it's a little wobbly. And Netanyahu wants to stay in charge. So was, the, was that struggle really uh, uh, between Israel, the people, and uh, Gaza, the Palestinians? Um, or was it between Netanyahu and Hamas? And uh, and now people say that Hamas has kind of gained its uh, a little more uh, status in the world, I guess, and uh, and in Gaza. And it's got to be a two-state solution. So all of this is ridiculous, all of it. And you do have to see what has to be done with those settlements, and it has to be figured out. Or this just continues over and over and over again. You know, and is Hamas a terrorist organization? I, I don't know. And I'm sure there will be a uh, hundred emails telling me, or at least two, <laughs> maybe one. Maybe one from Hamas himself. Oh, stop it, Lewis, you're being silly. Yes, I am. Yes, I am, and I apologize for that. It's, it's too serious to make fun of at the moment. It's just madness. You can, there's a joke there. I don't have time for the joke because I don't have enough. Uh, I didn't read enough. I did not read enough. Also, the teacher at UNC, my alma mater, down here, I'm ensconced, literally, uh, in an undisclosed location, just uh, about 35, 40 minutes from the, uh, my alma mater, the University of North Carolina, which this week decided Nicole Hannah-Jones... Uh, they wanted to give her, uh, and they are giving her, a, um, the night chair in journalism in race and investigative journalism. And that was supposed to be a tenure chair. They took the tenure away. And it wouldn't bother me if they took the tenure away because, let's say, the academics there decided that because uh, they didn't think that she had the academic credentials. But that wasn't what it was. It was because conservatives 
have taken, um, really kind of forced the issue with her, uh, with her being chosen. And, and that's beyond belief. It was outside forces who basically um, put the trustees in the position of, of saying, no, we're not going to give it to her. And I think, fuck, that, that's bullshit. I mean, it really is. If it comes from within the academic institution, I would buy it. I don't buy this. Uh, one of the reasons she's controversial, she was seen as a controversial pick, besides the fact that, uh, you know, that she's black. <laughs> That's probably part of it, except that it's the race and investigative journalism chair. She was uh, involved you know, deeply in, in one, of the, one of the authors of the 1619 Project of the New York Times, which, which caused some tremendous problems. Uh, and there were some, uh, you know, discussions about that and some controversy, which there will be when someone is trying to basically uh, provide another narrative to the history of this country. Wasn't, I do not believe, a replacement of the narrative. Maybe it was, but not for me. It was for me, it was, this is uh, certainly a narrative that has to be looked at. And that it wasn't the narrative that I learned, that's for sure. So um, you put that narrative together with the other narrative and may you, you create a whole story, a tapestry, if you will. A tapestry that would allow us maybe to get that stone over the, you know, that Sisyphus could push the stone over the mountain. Those are the, all the United States of Sisyphus could, could get it up there and over. Her name is uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones. Won't be given tenure. She, maybe she didn't have the academic credentials. No, she, was, she won a Pulitzer for her work on the 1619 Project. So it might have been controversial, but it was also obviously important and brilliant. And, she, and, to, be, and to back up the brilliant, she won a MacArthur grant. It's a genius grant, Okay. It's way beyond academics, all right? I mean, I, 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 I beg for a genius grant. <laughs> they could, I, every year I wave my hand. I'm over here. I, I think I'm a genius, maybe. Come on. Nah. Okay, what else does it take? And you can't give her tenure? I apologize, Nicole Hannah-Jones. As a, and who's also an alumni. She's an alum from the university. She's an alum. And that didn't, that wasn't enough. An alum, a Pulitzer, and a MacArthur grant. Oh, those conservatives. <laughs> She's going to make people, you know, you're going to have to pass it. One of the, one of the things actually was, was said was just that she'd make people, you know, take the test, they'd have to answer the questions the way she wanted them answered. Nah. Mm-mm. People who want to teach don't do that. People who want to teach want people to think. That's what they want. It's that simple. That's what I know about great teachers. They want their students to learn. And they are there in part to grow themselves. It's not about selling um, a point of view.
I had a great teacher there, Will Gear, who would sit with us and uh, had a great class. And it was all about uh, busting myths that were kind of had been really sitting out there in the uh, the ozone around uh, the South and and North Carolina. And it wasn't about an agenda. It was about thought. It's really important. It's it's what makes a great university. I'm saddened deeply by what UNC did. It appalls me. That's really enough, I think, for for you to have sat through. There are some truly, and and one, I, I think almost I call it a documentary, spectacular spectacular uh, uh, rant. We will not be on the road today. I think we've got enough for you. And that, uh, I hope that uh, you enjoy it. And I hope that you have a uh, marvelous Memorial Day weekend. Summer really is is truly a reawakening. Who'd have thought? Usually it's just for fatty fat barbecues and taking a swim. Maybe this Memorial Day we could uh, honor those who uh, who lost their lives, so that we could be free to enjoy the fatty fat barbecue. Maybe we could honor them by maybe uh, figuring out what liberty means. Maybe have a discussion, a big nationwide discussion of what liberty's all about and why, if you have to wear a mask. No one has taken away your liberties, <laughs> your liberty, your freedom. Then maybe, or maybe we could have a, uh, maybe what should be forced is, is that people should be strapped in their seats and have to listen to a reading of the Constitution. Okay? Because in part, as much as they fought for the flag, which is just kind of a representation of the United States of Sisyphus, and there should just be a mountain, really, with the stone just almost at the top, teetering. You should sit down and have a reading of the Constitution each year. Strap everybody to a chair and force them to listen to what it is that we fought for. Why, why, why these folks died. And then maybe discuss it. Some of the more salient issues. Some of the reasons that it's, uh, you know, that this is really the backstop. That's what it bounces off of. And that's really why there doesn't need to be Sisyphus. The Constitution was supposed to be the trampoline. And you hit it, and boy, you watch that big stone fly over that mountain. Someday, someday, and there was a song in my head there, and I almost sang it, but I couldn't remember what it was. So thank you again for joining me. I'd like to dedicate... Um, this uh, Rantcast 43 in memoriam to uh, my friend Fred Corlett and his wife Diane, who passed away this past year in, in January of COVID. There's a memorial this week for them, and I'm a little late in, uh, in honoring them in this fashion. I was lucky enough to know them when I was at Chapel Hill. They were... Um, Sweet, kind, gentle, wonderful people. I was made better by knowing them. That's what I got. I hope it. 
<laughs> always wonder at the end if I, this will be the week where, the, you know, uh, this will go out and then I'll get home and there'll be a knock at the door and be, you'll have to come with us now, Mr. Black. We need to, we need to talk to you for a while. We think you need to lie down. <laughs> Once again, thank you all for sending in those um, rants. Remember, it's your show. I hope I do it justice with my readings. And I hope that uh, you are all well and that uh, we are not stepping into our freedom of uh, getting together and enjoying our time together too quickly, that we uh, are not racing into this uh, too fast. Stay safe and thank you. As always, thank you. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Here we have a rant from Rack, R-A-C-H, or it could be Rach. It's a response to uh, something that came through on Rantcast 42. Hi, Lewis. After listening to Rantcast today, the 19th of May, 2021, I feel that I cannot hold back any longer. I'm referring to the rant I heard today on transgender people being barred from sports according to their transitioning gender. I'm a transgender person of 50 years of age here in England, not New England, Old England. Uh, But I digress. This is hard to put into calm words, Lewis. Such is the power of my anger and frustration already building up into a kind of bottleneck inside me. But my culture has taught me not to show feelings. Facts need to be stated about the transgender issues here from someone going through this. Fact number one, hormones reduced or build muscles. If you're male going to female, you will get weaker, just like any woman. You can get weight gain, not muscle mass. Muscles get weaker and become more fatty. I've noticed my physical strength getting less and less. So there's no need to ban transgender women from competing in female sports. It's right-wing so-called Christian legalism not the radical inclusion and acceptance that is what is true Christianity. 
And why am I speaking about Christianity here? It's because it's the evangelical right and Pentecostals who are practicing unchristlike exclusion and judgment. They're doing exactly the very things that Christ said not to do, okay? You're actually sinning when you hate people and exclude people. Saying the Bible says isn't correct understanding. I've been a Christian since 18 years of age, and I've had to do a big purge of my inner self. Thank God that my generation being Xers are the way they are, challenging authority and being adaptable and creative and inventive, not accepting what our elders say is gospel, but learning how to think, not what to think for fuck's sake. And to the husband of the lady who said homosexuality is chosen, really? Can you choose your sexual orientation? No, of course not. And don't start bringing the Bible into it because that's usually what informs these people. All I see is the hatred that was going on when the same hateful exclusionary dominating thinking that was in ancient room and worshiping Caesar is divine. Such is still alive and well in America and all over the world. Transgender people are being killed, murdered, young kids and teenagers thrown out of churches and committing suicide. It's got to stop the hatred and suffering from the right and the left. I'm now of the opinion that Lewis is absolutely correct in the socialist thinking. Actually, I think that's what Jesus Christ was getting at and showing people how to be human. For fuck's sake, (laughs) I'm sorry for going on like this. I have autism, depression. Please excuse me if I haven't been clear or coherent with my words. I love listening to the Rantcast and trawling the internet for all Lewis Black videos. Hope one day you visit the UK, Lewis. Bless you. Live long and prosper. Regards, Rach. I'm going to go with that. I hope I'm right, Atkins. And I really deeply appreciate that. Deeply, deeply appreciate that rant. Thank you. And I'm glad you pointed it out to, to those who, uh, who listen to the Rantcast, and in particular to me and the, the woman who wrote in about it. As I would normally not say this, but uh, because of the use of the, the Christianity terms here, I would like to say, bless you, Rach. Bless you. Thanks a lot. Here comes a rant from Tracy Anonymous. Lewis, driving in today's world is tough enough. I live in Pennsylvania, the land of what the fuck does yield mean? Where you get the finger for not slowing down and adjusting your fucking speed to actually let these self-entitled asshats in your lane. But (laughs) I digress. My current driving rant has to do not with these idiots, but with miniature versions within my own neighborhood. I'm calling this rant Toddlers Driving Power Wheels. Let's do it. I live in a relatively new neighborhood that has its share of arrogant motherfuckers and lazy parents. People who call you out on social media for where your dog shits when your FedEx gets delivered to the wrong fucking house. Because let's face it, they are fucking brilliant at reading addresses. And the inevitable posting that goes up every spring warning us to slow down, you speed-loving motherfuckers, because there are fucking children here, posts. Well, Lewis, the kids have taken over here. And I'm not talking about older kids. I'm talking about that special little jet set of little fuckers that get power wheels as soon as they can fucking stand up. I'm talking trucks, BMWs, 
Barbie cars, motorcycles, you fucking name it, these little fuckers have it. Happy birthday, little Timmy. In goes the battery and off they go. They are free. <laughs> Yippee. Mom and Dad send them off into the street to learn the ways of the world and the rules of the road to terrorize the neighborhood, weaving in and out on the street in their mini clown cars. Because let's face it, they can't fucking read or write, so no driver's test can be done here. But they probably could pass one on cuteness, but, but I digress. Off they go to meet Bobby and Susie down the street. And by the way, Mommy and Daddy are probably shit-faced drunk at home, writing their spring Facebook post about speeding while they sent little Susie Bob out to buy cigarettes or booze or just to get them to leave so they can maybe take a shit without an audience or have some fucking peace and quiet. If you've ever been to a parade, where they drive those mini cars in circles and wildly throw candy to the crowd, you've probably got a pretty good idea of the level of ability here. And they own the roadway. Oh, the dirty looks you get if you dare to drive on your own street. You selfish motherfucker. Slow the fuck down. I remember when I was young, my parents said, listen, you little shit. You stay in the fucking driveway or I'm going to beat your ass. Stay the fuck off the street. And so we did. And we became responsible. Law-abiding fucking adults. I remember seeing some Facebook posts about a dad who actually made an obstacle course for his kids in his driveway. Eureka! Now here's someone who was thinking clearly not sending his kids off to actually be the obstacle course. Now, I love kids. I do. I wave and smile at these little ones, and they wave back with those adorable little faces while they wildly steer to the right or left from the distraction, and I wait for them to pull over. Fat chance. And inevitably, I'm 20 minutes late for my doctor's appointment. So, well, fuck me. I'm just going to die a little sooner. But let's make the social media post accurate. Hmm? Let's put up signs in the neighborhood that say, slow down, toddlers driving, parents drinking. Thank you, Tracy. And I can see why you need to remain anonymous. Good luck with that. And with summer's arrival, a lot of good luck with that. That's why I don't live in the suburbs. I've got my own problems, but I don't have clown cars with kids. Here's a rant from someone pissed about their given name. Lewis, I was given a very unique name. My grandfather died several years before I was born. My grandmother was an old New Englander. She never showed emotion, even to her husband. It's not that she didn't love him. She just didn't express it. Well, when he died, she regretted not showing him more affection. My mother, in what is possibly one of the most manipulative, yet brilliant decisions one could make, named me after him. She knew if I was named after him, my grandmother would show me affection that no other grandchild would ever get. And of course, it worked wonderfully. Now, I know you're thinking, that's a heartwarming story. Why the hell is this being written to me? This is where my rant comes in. What was my grandfather's name? Rene.
you were thinking. You were thinking, René. What's so odd about that? My grandfather was French-Canadian. As such, he didn't pronounce it René. He pronounced it Rainy. Yes, my name is Rainy Rivers. I'll tell you the same thing I tell everyone. I tell my name to you. You have 30 seconds to laugh and get it out of your goddamn system. Then we move on. Do you know how exhausting it is to have the name Rainy Rivers? I'm 46 years old. It's fucking pathetic that I have to give people time to laugh after speaking my name. And then when I do speak it, they never hear it correctly. I'll say, it's Rainy Rivers. I will get responses like, Rudy, Ricky, Davey. <laughs> I have to sit there and go, like the weather, rainy. Then when it is an actual rainy day, I constantly think people are calling my name. Now, if the fact it's pronounced rainy isn't enough of a pain in the ass, I am a man. The fact that it's spelled R-E-N-E, I have to deal with people thinking I am a woman. I've had a doctor's office call me in a panic to tell me I had to rush in because my records show I've never had a pap smear. Did my records show I was a man? Of course. But that would require actually reading my records and not jumping into a panic. I've had people argue with me that I wasn't Renee Rivers because Renee is a woman's name. I get junk mail and Victoria's Secret catalog sent to me all the time. It gets to the point where I feel like I have to whip my cock out to prove my gender. Oh, it gets even worse. Not only am I a man, but a gay man married to another man. So on top of the laughter and arguing about my gender, my husband has to deal with explaining to anyone who sees my name in writing that I'm his husband and not his wife. It's just all so fucking exhausting that half the time I just tell people it's pronounced Rene. How fucking pathetic that it's just easier to pronounce my name incorrectly rather than deal with piles of bullshit. It's not all bad, though, as I mentioned. When people see my name in writing, they think I'm a woman. There have been numerous times when I will be part of an online discussion with sexist assholes who insist they aren't sexist. They will say something sexist, to which I will respond, if you aren't sexist, why did you just tell that to a man? Watching some sexist asshole disappear from a conversation after being called out is pure bliss. That rant was pure bliss, and I hope it really helped you get, get, get through things. That's just unbelievable. And, <laughs> and you're gay. I, I just think... Wow. There's always a topper. That one was splendid. Thank you. This diatribe comes to us from Brianna Walters. Hi, Lewis. I'm writing this on behalf of my husband. We have recently bought a brand new built house. We're the first owners. And seeing is how I'm a bit obsessive with kitchenware and cooking shit, as I'm a trained pastry chef, I'm very anal about how and where things should be stored. My husband knows he has no say in where things go in the kitchen, or I'll lose my ever-loving shit on him and destroy everything he stands for. Anyways, I was trying to figure out how to place things in our walk-in pantry. 
I put things in random assignment as I don't know how I want to place everything. I'm a chef, and everything has a distinct place. If it's not in that distinct place, everything is an utter shithole, and you can't function as a person. Or maybe that's just me. I, I can't focus on anything if I know shit is in disarray. So, as we're putting things away, my normally super calm husband, whom has a habit of showing zero fucking emotion regarding anything, loses his mind over spices not being together. I have the vast majority of my spices in the pantry. It's a crap ton. It takes some almost an entire foot of space lengthwise while having shit stacked together. But I have a cupboard right next to my stove. I keep these super important spices up there. Salt, pepper, garlic powder, the shit that I use on the regular basis. I have it on hand. It makes sense to me to reach out and grab it. I use it almost every day. My husband says, I get why you store all your spices in here, but why the fuck are there more spices over there? Why would you separate them? Everything belongs together. He then proceeds to turn every single spice forward so I can see its name when I look at it. The same with the cans and the sauces and the rice and the noodles and the cereal. He yells about having law and order in this house and how everything has a place. He then finds my jello molds. I've helped some bachelorette parties in my day. I'm emptying boxes and I hear, where the fuck are these penis molds going? Not with our regular dishes. I had maybe a few penis molds and dishes. No need to get upset. It's not like I fed him a dick. But I did cackle over him being upset over viewing penises. Regardless, he spends maybe around 10 minutes an entire day in my kitchen. I cook and clean while he goes to play video games. My nefarious vengeance is making sure the light switches don't stay on the same level on one side of the house like the other. It drives him insane. I know because I hear him bicker underneath his breath as he fixes it. Anytime he makes me mad, I fuck the switches. Ain't marriage a peach? Well, it is when you give us a rant like that, Brianna. Thank you very much. From Fred Patterson, a rant I think you will find to be quite apropos. What the hell is wrong with the idiot Republican congressmen and senators downplaying the insurrection? Hmm? This idiot, Andrew Clyde, said, and I'm quoting, watching the TV footage of those who entered the Capitol and walked through Statuary Hall showed people in an orderly fashion, staying between the stanchions and ropes, taking videos, pictures. Clyde said, you know, if you didn't know the TV footage was a video from January the 6th, you'd actually think it was a normal tourist visit. What the fuck is this douchebag talking about? A normal visit? I spent six years defending this country, mostly overseas, and I've never had the opportunity to visit our great capital. But I'm guessing people being stampeded, sprayed with bear mace, and killed aren't on the program. An idiot brought the Confederate flag into the Capitol, which for you history buffs has never fucking happened. Ralph Norman, who's about a sneeze away from a stroke, said, I don't know who did they poll to say that they were Trump supporters. Hmm? 
My head can't take this shit. These are the people that were elected to help get our country back on track. I want whatever drugs they're taking, because the reality they are living in, I want to visit and maybe stay for a while before my head explodes. To top it off, they secretly vote to remove Liz Cheney from her party position because she will not admit that the election was stolen and has been calling out Trump since the insurrection happened. I'm neither Republican or Democrat, but the Republican Party is going down faster than the Titanic, and the iceberg is Donald Trump. Well, thank you for that, Fred. And thanks for your defense of our country. And who know that, you know, it always amazed me that you defended it <laughs> so that idiots could, 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 could say shit like, like our good friend from Congress, uh, Andrew Clyde. Actually, um, apparently there's footage of him racing to hide behind, to get into his office, to closing the door. I, I don't know if they show him locking the door. But uh, he was running. Old Andrew was running. Thanks again, Fred. This comes to us from Anonymous. And it's obviously why it's being submitted as Anonymous. And um, it's long. And um, I'm going to read it because I think it's important. These are the stories that need to be told, and they're told in, uh, when I watch TV on is, you know, 30 seconds to a minute and a half to two-minute little clips. Uh, and so this is why I'm reading this and, and talking in this kind of voice, these hushed, these hushed tones, mellifluous, if I may say. I am an infection control nurse. I am extremely tired and angry. I'm just fucking worn out because of all of the assholes in this country. I have never expected everyone to share all of my opinions. I'm fine with that. There was a time when it was possible to have an intelligent conversation with someone who doesn't share your outlook on life, trade ideas with him or her, and God forbid, maybe both opinions will morph into some sort of common ground. I know it's crazy, but it used to be possible. It may still be, but I find myself less and less willing to even try because you never know when someone is going to reveal themselves to be an asshole of the... My facts are facts. Your facts are opinions. My opinions are facts. Your opinions are incorrect. You know, that kind of variety. Or simply put, I'm right. You're a doo-doo head. Facts are facts. And opinions are opinions. Nothing more, nothing less. If you or someone on the news puts a spin on it, you are venturing into opinion. Opinions can be wrong. Not just the opinions on the news source you dislike, but all news sources that focus on opinion over facts can be fucking wrong. You need to sift through the bullshit to get to the facts. I swear to God, Lewis, that if Jack Webb was still alive and doing Dragnet today, the series finale would have him put a gun to his head and pull the trigger because he'd be so fucking tired of repeating just the facts, ma'am. 
only to have to sit there and listen to some Karen spouting off opinions she believes are facts because of what Mother Tucker Carlson told her on Fox News. Before this next paragraph, I should say some of what Lewis is about to read will be graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. This is the case with many colleagues who also work in infection control. It wasn't my first area of nursing. My first decade plus of nursing was in intensive care units. I saw a lot of depressing things during that time. I saw someone who had tried to commit suicide by jumping off a bridge. When I got to work that day, he hadn't died yet, but his entire head was mangled, broken, and bloodied. I had another patient who was in her 90s and her heart stopped. She and her family insisted that everything be done. So we started CPR. I started chest compressions, knowing what would happen. And it did. She was so frail that during the first compression, all of her ribs broke in succession. It felt like someone was inside her pulling a zipper as each rib disconnected from the sternum. I had another patient who had his entire chest open with his intestines swollen and protruding, looking like they were just sitting outside of his body on his chest. Yet he felt well enough that whenever a female colleague came into the room, he would kick the sheets off to show off his dick to them, even though his dick had a damn catheter in it. I had another patient who crashed and who had somehow gotten her esophagus and intestines to somehow graft together internally. It's so that when we started CPR, with every compression, shit was coming out of her mouth. That was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen, as I can still not look at my kid's Play-Doh toy where you pull the lever down and the dough is turned into some long tube or something, because that is what the excrement looked like coming out of her. I've seen horrible intestinal bleeds, experienced terrible smells that would burn your nose hairs, and death. Lots of death. Several patients with whom I had developed a relationship over days, weeks, months, or in some case, years. Watching helplessly at the monitor at the nurse's station as a patient's heart rate slows and eventually flatlines while family members in the room scream and moan over their loss, questioning whether or not they had made the right decision by following the patient's wishes and enacting the DNR, do not resuscitate, or living will. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of good and rewarding things about working in healthcare and as a nurse, but there are a lot of depressing things as well. That being said, nothing in my nursing career has been as depressing and soul-crushing as the pandemic. Since I am an infection control nurse, I was worried about COVID-19 in December of 2019 when the stories started coming out about what was going on in China. I was reading about it in medical journals, not Fox News, not CNN, not MSNBC, not even NPR. Medical journals peer-reviewed journals, which means, as another ranter recently mentioned, that other medical professionals look at the study being discussed and say, I agree this is a good study that I have replicated and had the same results. Or they say something along the lines of, hey, dumbass, your study sucks because you forgot to do this or that. 
So the crap studies are discarded. That's how science moves forward. It does not move forward by some supposed scientist bypassing the peer review process and posting their flawed research on social media or on some slickly produced YouTube video. That's not fucking science. Throughout this pandemic, I have many friends, family, and colleagues come to me for information. I have tried to provide the facts, numbers, data, etc. I have mentioned when data has been verified or whether they are estimates. When I don't know the facts, I make sure I mention that what I'm going to say might be wrong or might be just my opinion, but here's what I know based on my experience or where the research is at the moment. It can be easy to forget that I have information that the general public doesn't have. So I was often taken aback by the thanks I got from many people. Sadly, what wasn't surprising was those who attacked me and claimed I was spreading lies. Some were people who I thought I knew who turned to be thin-skinned supporters of Agent Orange and his parade of never-ending bullshit. I knew these assholes were out there. I was quickly labeled some sort of socialist or communist for not going along with the conservative media's opinions. Healthcare, like teaching, and probably stand-up comedy is one of those fields where people automatically think they know everything you do and that their opinions are as valid as yours. I have never told a plumber, an electrician, a computer programmer, a teacher, or a stand-up comedian how to do their job because I do not work in any of those fields. Yet some people insist they know as much as me about healthcare and complain that I'm wrong and misinformed. In some cases, I may be wrong, but that doesn't mean the bullshit coming from your mouth is right. While my hospital hasn't been hit as hard as other hospitals around the country and the world, there have still been thousands of patients diagnosed with COVID and several hundreds who've been hospitalized. Some recovered and returned to their normal lives. Some died. Some have experienced long COVID. I know one person who was still using a walker and oxygen seven months after being released from the hospital, despite having been healthy and athletic before COVID-19. So when the vaccine finally reached us just prior to the end of 2020, the mood in the hospital was magically improved. You could see it in the mask-covered faces of both the staff and the patients. You could feel it. Hope was back. Unfortunately, that feeling is gone now, as we are down to the anti-vaxxers and the Agent Orange supporters who refuse to believe that corporal heel spurs even got the vaccine. I saw someone in the news say he didn't want the vaccine because he was afraid it would turn him into a Democrat. It's a fucking vaccine, not mind control, you motherfucking moron. As I type this, the source I get my data on COVID-19 from lists 3,381,515 reported deaths from this virus worldwide. In the United States, we are at 33,692,827 reported cases and 599,829 reported deaths. 
The number of deaths in the U.S. trails only two other events in U.S. history. The Civil War, with an estimated 620,000 U.S. deaths, and the 19 to 19 flu pandemic, with an estimated 675,000 U.S. deaths. It is likely that the COVID-19 numbers are even higher, but I stick with the reported numbers which have been verified. But if one more person tells me that the deaths are overcounted because if they have anything else and die, they count it as a COVID-19 death, or tell me that this isn't really a pandemic, I'm going to lose it and maybe end up getting arrested for assault. I report our hospitals' cases and deaths to my state after we review them. The state then reviews the cases. They are reviewed multiple times, and there have been cases that I thought should be considered a COVID-19 death that were not counted. It's a long process. And just because you heard about some guy who died after he choked on a piece of chicken but was counted as a COVID-19 death because he had just gotten over it doesn't mean that actually happened. I've ranted long enough, and I appreciate you reading this. I will end with this. I am an infection control nurse. I don't need to be thanked. I don't even want to be thanked. I just want you to do the right thing and be the tortoise and not the hare. Don't stop and screw around and then wonder why you didn't make it to the finish line. Going slower is better if it means crossing the finish line. Cases are going down. Things look better, but things, things can change quickly. Maybe not like the horror show that is currently going on in India, but things can still get worse. Wash your hands, wear your masks, and get your damn vaccines if you haven't yet. Do that. And that will be thanks enough. I want to thank you for sending that in. I know that was a rugged one, but I think it mattered. Every so often as I was reading along, I thought of uh, many folks I know and uh, actors and uh, folks I know who do voice work and so thought, wow, they'd be really great at this. Um, uh, but this is why I do it. You know, I keep repeating it's for moments like this. For moments like this and moments like peanut butter that... Uh, really irritates somebody because it's uh, it's crunchy and it should have been smooth. Um, that's why I do it. I just thought it was really important for that story to be told. I don't think it uh, is told um, in, in, in given the, the time frame that is necessary to, to complete the story. I'm thrilled you got the story so splendidly written and to us and we're able to share it. Um, I look forward to your other rants. Thank you. And I know it's meaningless. Um, you, I, but I, you say, I, but thank you for what you have done and been through. And it has always enraged me that when people don't do what they sh should do in terms of this, and then consider you, uh, those of you who have been working in hospitals, to be heroes, and then 
Don't do the things that would allow you to be easier for you to be heroes. From Mary Richards, a rant about one of my nemesis, nemesis, <laughs> nemesis is not nemesis. <laughs> oh, sometimes I tickle myself for no apparent reason, probably because I'm inside my own head too much during these days that we wander out of the pandemic. When you brought up your general dislike of UPS, I knew I had to share my story. Two summers ago, my husband brought himself a fancy schmancy suit from a nationally known high-end retailer. When the alterations were done, it was shipped to our home via UPS Second Day Air. Because we order a lot of stuff online, I have a UPS account that notifies me of pending deliveries. This delivery needed a signature because of the price point. It was to be delivered Friday between 9 and 10.30 a.m. I had some yard work to do, so I put a note on the front door that read, UPS, I'm here. Please come to the backyard. Pretty self-explanatory, right? Wrong. Around 10.25, I start checking the front porch. Nothing. 10.30. Nothing. 10.45. Nothing. 10.50. A goddamn note saying, sorry, we missed you. We will be back Monday for another attempt. Are you fucking kidding me? The asshole driver couldn't walk his lazy ass down the driveway. I don't live in a gated community or a state in the middle of the Hamptons. I live in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. I thought my head was going to blow off. Seriously, I was so close to a stroke. It's a miracle I am not in a wheelchair right now. I called the number on the door tag. Naturally, I get someone I can barely understand. I am snarling, spitting, and I'm pretty sure they are going to send the cops to arrest me. Naturally, he cannot help me. I call the UPS depot in the next town over and start screaming at the innocent guy on the other end. My husband needs that fucking suit for a wedding the next day, and the son of a bitch driving the truck couldn't be bothered, and what the hell are they going to do about it? The unfortunate soul on the other end of the phone lets me rant and then tells me the truck will be back by two. I can come in to pick it up. Okay. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. And this is a first world problem. And now I'm feeling like a jerk for screaming at Depot Dan. At two o'clock, I get in my car for the 25-minute drive to the UPS Depot. I arrive and find it's closed between one and four every afternoon. Are you shitting me? This would have been helpful information when I called Depot Dan. That fucker was probably inside laughing his ass off, watching my head blow off in the parking lot on the security camera. I'd been beat. I got back in the car and drove home. I returned later in the afternoon and got the goddamn suit while silently cursing Depot Dan, that prick. But I never use UPS if I can avoid it. They suck balls. Thanks, Lewis. No, thank you, Mary. Oh, that's always a delight to read someone else's irritation and being pissed about something that truly irritates and pisses me off. So I'm always shocked when they get it right. And the thing is, is that uh, on my block in New York, there's the, one of the, the UPS driver and I have become friends. <laughs> and he never, probably because he never has to deliver anything to me. So it's... Uh, it's been good. Well, thanks, Mary. And I hope it was a delightful wedding. Always nice to hear from you fuckers in bumfuck. Bumfuck, Wisconsin, I mean. I have a, you know, 
You know, there's a special place in my heart for Wisconsin. Here is a point well taken, I truly believe, from Angel from Troy. So in the past week, I've read articles on how if you get vaccinated, you can get free coffee, beer, Metro cards. I just read in one of the New York papers that anyone who gets vaccinated next week will get a free lottery ticket with a chance to win $5 million. I'm aware of the ridiculous odds of winning the lottery. But come on, they get to just stroll in and here you go. Well, fuck you. You know what I got when I was vaccinated? Jack shit. Not even a goddamn sticker like when you vote. I spent months worrying about over whether I was going to get sick or make some poor unwitting soul sick. So I did what I was supposed to as soon as possible. Went through all the bullshit of spending weeks searching for availability, riding an unfamiliar bus for an hour in a part of town I never go to, having to cross a four-lane road with no light, twice. And now you want to reward people for hemming and hawing and hedging because, well, I feel fine or I don't want a thumb to grow out of my stomach. And that's what it is. Not an incentive, a reward. I say again, fuck you. So how does this work for future reference? The next time there's a global crisis, we sit around and wait for the good swag. I won't help anyone until I hear the word Rolex. People bitch and moan about politicians. Meanwhile, it's the constituents who need and expect this kind of stupid behavior before they give a shit about anyone but themselves. Thanks for listening. Thank you for sharing, Angel, um, and uh, deeply appreciate it. Uh, I know that you'd sent in one uh, just a bit ago, and I, I believe we uh, I read that. And um, usually I, I try to s- get a longer separation between them, but that one was really, I think, spot on. And uh, I'd been thinking about it, and I'm glad you expressed it. Now it's one less thing I have to do. <laughs> My brain can move on to other things. I can torture myself in new ways. Thanks again, Angel. Take care. And uh, I'm glad you're vaccinated. Yeah, next time, let's all wait. Yep, (laughs) that'll be good. We'll all wait for the lottery till everyone dies and there's one man standing. This comes to us from a very pissed-off Bernard Ferransky. I might get into trouble about this, but holy fuck, I can't help by being really pissed off when I saw a feed about some nutfuck shooting two deputies when they were just trying to find a bloody dog. Chances are those two deputies are fathers, likely with young children. It usually ends up that way. So what do I see? A photo of a bunch of people sadly holding candles, likely to emotionally commemorate what is being described as a tragedy. My only problem is that this is as much of a tragedy as one would be if a guy was eaten by a lion while climbing into its mouth. You want to know what a tragedy is? A tragedy is an earthquake. An earthquake is a tragedy. A hurricane or tornado ripping through a community and killing lots of people is a tragedy. We as a society should redefine tragedy so that it doesn't include a completely preventable death committed by fucking morons in a society that moronically refuses to prevent said death. God damn it. 
You fucking gun-loving idiots keep saying gun deaths are a tragedy while continuing to hold on to your precious guns. How many times do you fuckwads have to shoot each other before you look around and think, um, maybe we ought to get rid of these things? But no, your answer is more guns, more guns. Hey, there's a guy on fire down the street. Why not go and throw some gasoline on him? That solution is almost as stupid as yours is. So, hey. Why don't all you gun-toting shitheads go to the children who lost their dads and tell them how lucky they are to live in a country that cherishes the right to own guns? I'm sure they're delighted to know that they lost their dads so that some rabid fuckwad could own and carry a semi-automatic pistol and use it to kill two law enforcement officers like he was in some sort of whacked-out Western movie. I live in Canada, where lots of folks own and use guns. For hunting! You fucking assholes. It's been centuries since you had to protect your homesteads from a hostile monarchy or wild bears or indigenous people that you previously slaughtered. So take your bullshit home defense myth and shove it up your ass. I'm sure you'll be getting some responses to that, Bernard. I'm glad you could get it off your chest. I hope things are well in Canada. And thank you for that, Bernard. I'm just thinking about the, what's going to be coming through about that. And then they'll probably yell that you're Canadian. I won't. I love you guys. Chase Briggs has this to say about annoying phone calls. I don't know if the subject of my rant has been discussed yet, but I need to get it out. As of lately, about two years, I've been the subject of many scam calls, at least twice a week. These no-good leeches of the earth are more annoying than herpes. I'd like to talk to you about your vehicle's extended warranty. Fuck you. I drive a 1967 Chevy. I think that time is over. After all this, I wonder, what has our government done to help stop these scams? NSA? CIA? FBI? Nobody wants to take down the cancer that steals from our middle class and all the elderly that trust these calls? You'd think there was someone out there that would give enough of a shit to make sure these fuckers would never steal another nickel. Don't fucking call me. With all my love, Chase. Well, thanks for that, Chase. And we all are getting bombarded by those calls. Yes, siree. I get them a few times each week, if not more, actually. And uh, I, I keep wondering if, if uh, I have a, a vehicle extended warranty. Where's my vehicle? I don't have a vehicle. I must have a vehicle somewhere then, huh? Well, it's going to be pretty exciting. I hope it's a good one. I'm looking forward to it. You know, hitting the road again. I haven't driven in 15 years, so watch out. <laughs> This one comes your way very timely, I must say, from uh, our most prolific writer, Mildred Ellison. The end of May's here, and you know what that means? Memorial Day. Ah, uh, yes, Memorial Day. Hot doggies, beers, swimming, sunburns, the Indy 500, and mattress sales. Now's the time to rid yourself of that saggy, squeaky, cum-stained monster you found at the Goodwill. 
and we don't mean your significant other, cowboy. And beat feet fast to your nearby Sleepy Train, Sleepy's, or Mattress Barn for those smoking hot deals on that Serta Sealy Beauty Rest Sleep Number or Temper Fucking Pedic you've been dreamily eyeing on the TV box. Fuck yeah! Forget the men and women who gave their lives for the country and now find themselves planted in white marble crossed graves. We've got better things to do on Memorial Day. A day off, after all. A three-day fucking weekend. The beginning of summer, baby. We can't waste a single fucking moment thinking about the past or what other people did to make our lives here so fucking wonderful. I mean, really. Some people died in olden times. Well, hell, they'd have been dead by now anyway, right? Damn straight. So grab your grill and 24-pack of Bud Light, slap on the baggy shorts and tank tops, because we've been Jenny Craigin' it for fucking months. And happy fucking Memorial Day, America. <laughs> and happy fucking Memorial Day to you, Mildred. Uh, well put, well said, well done. Always a pleasure to read her work. Um, and it is work. She's written a ton of stuff. I think there'll be a book called The Mildred Ellison uh, Chronicles when she's done. And uh, it has been going on for quite a while. Uh, thank you again, Mildred. Thanks to all of you for listening to my Rantcast. If you have a rant you want to get off your chest, send it in to me at lewisblack.com forward slash live. You can think of it as therapy or whatever you want to think of it as. Just let it rip. And I want to thank the true stars of our show, the ranters and the splendid rants they gave us. Lewis Black's Rantcast was created and hosted by me, Aha, Lewis Black. It is produced by James Salkine. Our theme song by Chris Lane. Executive producer, Ben Brewer. Executive producers, Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcast. And most of all, thank you, all of you who ranted so well on this show.